It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Ravens were down, but they weren't out. Did Justin Fields do enough to keep his job in Chicago? Plus, are Sam Darnold and the Panthers for real? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. After a bad day of football on Sunday, let's call it what it was. It was an ugly day of NFL football on Sunday. And then we get an absolute thriller. The Ravens and the Chiefs squaring off on Sunday night. Lamar Jackson comes through in a 36-35 win to get the Baltimore Ravens on the board in the 2021 season. Kevin Ostriker from Lockdown Ravens joins me now. And Kevin, this is a game that the Ravens made some bold moves late in the contest, including a fourth and short late in the game. What did you think of the call to go for it late in a game that had been nip and tuck the whole way? Yeah, I'm sure there were there was like 50-50, Peter. I've got people who were like, this is a play they need to go for it, and this is a play where they just can't risk it because they were not in the typical go for it situation where they were into a part of the field where usually you just punt the ball away. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, I, I was pro go for it. I thought that with the way that you know Patrick Mahomes, the way that he was moving the ball against the Ravens defense. Now, to be fair to the Ravens defense, they did come up with some timely turnovers, some cu- timely stops, but. I mean, the way that Patrick Mahomes is, the way that everybody knows his Kansas City Chiefs offense can be and how dangerous they can be on a play-to-play basis, the Ravens had an opportunity to ice the game. You see John Harbaugh asking Lamar Jackson, Lamar, do you want to go for it? Trusting his young quarterback to make that decision, Lamar Jackson, as soon as I saw John Harbaugh asking it, I said, all right, they're going for it. Because Lamar Jackson, he is as competitive as they come. Lamar Jackson picks up that first down. The formation I was not as big of a fan of in terms of what they actually ran. But look, they got the job done. They ran the power. They got the victory, beating Kansas City for the first time in four years. It's an exciting night, an exciting day. It'll be an exciting week here in Baltimore because the Ravens finally, as Lamar Jackson and others called it, beat their kryptonite in the Kansas City Chiefs. You mentioned the kryptonite part of this, and and the Ravens are going to measure themselves this season, and and so long as they have Lamar Jackson, probably every season, based on how far they're able to go in the playoffs. So after a disappointing week one, how much do you take away from this game going, okay, this is something that I think I can point to and say, okay, this is the reason I think the Ravens can be a contender in the AFC this season because we came into the year going, this is one of the best two or three teams maybe in the whole league. Yeah, and and this is a stepping stone for them. I think this win does so much for their confidence so that when they get into the tough stretch of their schedule in December, when they get into their playoffs, you know, they'll still have those guys on injured reserve who are out for the year. They're not getting back J.K. Dobbins. They're not getting back Marcus Peters, et cetera. But this is a team that has shown time and time again, whether it's this game or last year or the year prior, they are resilient and they fight through whatever hand they are dealt with. 
So being able to go out there, beat Kansas City on a night where they had 15 players in injured reserve, they had three key contributors inactive, they had two more contributors leave with injury during the game. This was a depleted team, but it wasn't a team that didn't believe in themselves. They believe in the guys they have on their roster. They always have. It was a game that could have gone either way. I had first picked the Ravens to win this game before the injuries. Then I had them losing closely right before. So at the end of the day, I think that this is something that the Ravens can really take as a stepping stone throughout the rest of their 2021 season. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, did Justin Fields do enough to keep his job for the Bears? Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Titans got embarrassed by the Cardinals in week one. In week two, they headed to Seattle. But did it get any better? Tyler Rowland here, host of the Locked On Titans podcast, with my instant reaction to an insane, to an incredible 33-30 overtime victory for the Tennessee Titans over the Seahawks on the road in Seattle. The game started off a little shaky for the Titans, who were down 15 points at one time, but they were able to come back based on an incredible second-half performance that saw the Titans' offense get back on track, led by the rushing attack of the King, Derrick Henry, and the Titans' defense, while having some tough moments early in the game, were able to bow their neck late, get some stops, and put the Titans' offense in a position to come back. And then in overtime, the Titans were able to seal the victory in a very surprising way with a kick from Randy Bullock that ultimately got the job done. The Titans really needed this victory after a tough loss in week one against the Cardinals, and it has set them up based on what happened in the AFC South on Sunday to have a chance to take the division lead in a home game against the Indianapolis Colts next weekend. Speaking of the Cardinals, after week one, some were ready to crown Kyler Murray. What happened in week two? Here's Bo Brack and Alex Clancy, hosts of Locked On Cardinals. I think myself and Arizona Cardinals fans are going to buy Greg Joseph, the place kicker for the Minnesota Vikings, an edible arrangement for missing on a 37-yard potential game winner for the Vikings. Instead, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals hold on 34-33 from State Farm Stadium to improve to 2-0 on the season. You know, Alex, there's a saying that says better lucky than good, but the Arizona Cardinals, there was a lot of good done by this team except for their inability to kind of salt the game away at the end yeah kyler murray has nine total touchdowns on the season threw a pick six today to come out start the second half but all in all the dude played like a wizard like we are starting to grow accustomed to a couple newcomers for the cardinals hit Pater for the first time rondell moore uh five catch seven catches 114 yards and a touchdown and aj green stiff armed his way into the end zone for his first touchdown as an Arizona Cardinal. Love to see it. Arizona Cardinals defense took a step back after a big week one performance. You know, they give up the 33 points. Only one sack in this contest after six sacks performance. They have an opportunity to get back on track, though, in week three against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jets and Patriots were both looking for their first win of the season. Neither looked good. But someone did, in fact, have to win. The New England Patriots get their first win of the 2021 NFL season, a 25-6 victory over the New York Jets on the green side of the Meadowlands. I'm Mike DeBay, host of the Lockdown Patriots podcast, and as Mitch McDeer once said in the firm, it ain't sexy, but it's got teeth. 
Bottom line, a win is a win, and that's exactly what the New England Patriots got on Sunday. Matt Jones, slow and steady, efficient, and did a pretty good job in his second NFL start. Damian Harris, James White providing key, tough runs each for touchdowns, and the Patriots' defense was the star of the day, getting four interceptions on Jets rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. On the negative side, Patriots are still having their difficulties finding the end zone in the red zone. That's going to shore that up big time. They're also having some difficulty with both run and pass protection on the offensive line, as Trent Brown's absence definitely was felt. But again, a win is a win in New England. Patriots put in a solid defensive effort and a pretty good effort on offense. Clemson and Ohio State slipped to the back of the top 10 in the Associated Press's college football poll Sunday. Alabama remained an overwhelming number one after holding on to beat Florida 31-29, Alabama's closest margin of victory during its current 17-game win streak. The Tide received 59 of 62 first-place votes. Number two, Georgia, which had no problem with South Carolina, received the other three first-place votes. And number three, Oregon, moved up a spot. Number four, Oklahoma, slipped after a close victory over Nebraska, which included an incredible Odell Beckham Jr.-like interception to seal the game. Iowa was number five for the second straight week, and Penn State has its best ranking at six since the Nittany Lions were fifth on November 3rd, 2019. Texas A&M is at seven with Cincinnati landing at eight, Clemson at nine, and Ohio State at 10. Both did win Saturday, though neither looked their typical dominant selves. That's what happened this weekend. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag. Week two isn't even over, but we've got your first look at the week three lines from betonline.ag. The Carolina Panthers will take their 2-0 record to the Houston Texans. The betonline.ag line for that game has the Panthers as seven-point favorites. The New York Giants haven't won a game yet, but in week three, they are three-point favorites at home to the Atlanta Falcons and the LA Rams along with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will each put their perfect seasons on the line next week. The Rams are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home to the Bucs, according to Bet Online. For all your sports gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. The Chicago Bears beat the Cincinnati Bengals 20-7 on Sunday, but that might not even be the biggest thing that happened on the field because Andy Dalton, he leaves, he comes back, he leaves again, Justin Fields comes into the game, and Chicago ends up winning. There was the famous Andy Dalton questionable to return, and there were many of us, myself included, who said, Mm, questionable to return, maybe for the season, not just in this game. Joining me now from Locked on Bears, Lauren Cox. And Lauren, was this enough for Justin Fields? It should be enough. And I think there were a few plays in this game that didn't go down in Justin Fields' favor on the stat sheet or actually on the scoreboard that would have, I think, really changed the narrative about this. There was a drop touchdown pass from Allen Robinson that landed in the breadbasket. Perfect throw, exactly where it needed to be against good coverage. And if that's a touchdown, it's a touchdown on Fields' stat sheet. It's on the scoreboard as well. You increase the margin there. There was a couple of drop passes, one a deep one to Darnell Mooney on a sideline. Cole Komet had one that he caught for 15, 20 yards that was called back for a a very weak offensive pass interference penalty. And I think you you string together a couple of these plays that the, the actual throw from Fields was exactly what it needed to be but none of them really counted on the stat sheet because of 
either receiver errors or, or referees or whatever you want to, wherever you want to throw the blame, you, you put those on for fields. I mean, he did everything he needed to do in those plays. So I, I can live with the interception that he had. It was kind of a pass rusher dropping back late uh, after blitzing and then kind of trying to sneak back into a robber coverage. We see veteran quarterbacks get beat on that too. And, you know, that's not an excuse for that. It's fine. But for me, it doesn't seem like the mis- the rookie mistakes he made were things that are signs of bigger concerns that, Oh, he really needs to fix X, Y, or Z before he can be a starting NFL quarterback. It just felt like, you know, a regular thing that a rookie in his first game for, you know, kind of cold off the bench might make at some point in those contests. So I think full speed ahead with Justin Fields. What do we need to see from Justin Fields to make sure that he continues to be the quarterback because the 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 Bears have 15 more of these weeks? I think a couple of things with Dalton and the injury, right? Uh, you know, he, he left the game initially, came back in, was definitely stiff and immobile and a little more statuesque after he had been moving around the pocket pretty nicely early on in the game. So, you know, there's clearly something that he was willing to get back in there and try, but whether it stiffened up or was too tender or whatever it might be, then they took him out. They downgraded him to doubtful later in like the fourth quarter of the game from questionable to doubtful. After mm-hmm. Matt Nagy said he's, I don't remember the exact wording, but he said he's pretty sure, or they're, they're pretty confident that it's not a torn ACL. And so then we can start to sort of ratchet it down from there. But I think for fields, you love when the coach goes right to the worst possible injury that he could have. <laughs> yeah, really. But you know, try to rule things out as far as like, I don't think the Bears think it's a truly season-ending injury at this stage. I mean, it's still a chance that something gets uncovered, you know, MRI or an X-ray or whatever they end up doing. I'm, I'm not sure what the plan is there, but it's probably more like a strain or a sprain or something and, and kind of play it safely from there. But I think for Justin Fields, right, he needs to be on the field, I think, to, to keep learning in some of these ways that you can only simulate so much at practice, especially, you know, he gave a, he had a strip sack where he was trying to escape the pocket and someone came from behind him and knocked the ball out. And that's, that's literally something that you cannot actually really simulate in practice because the pressure can't be real in practice. They can't hit the quarterback. They have to, you know, they can two hand touch him and they can, I guess, sort of swat at the football, but it's not the same feeling for Fields when he knows they can't actually hit him in practice he would benefit so much more from being on the field than going back to the bench. And it just doesn't seem like, especially because he did enough to win. I mean, unless they really start just losing games because of inexperience at quarterback and he falls down the the Zach Wilson trap from this weekend. I mean, maybe then you start Mm. to talk about pulling him back in, but until I think it's his job to lose at this point. Coming up are Sam Darnold and the Panthers for real. Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with nine delicious flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, two coconuts for a reason. The coconut flavors are the best. Cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and the limited time flavors, which are absolutely outstanding. They really are terrific. This is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and yet... You're talking about high protein, high fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. It's a miracle. I can't explain it. I don't know the science behind it, but it is truly miraculous what they're able to put together, not just the taste. The taste would be enough. You just go, okay, this is delicious. What is this? This is crazy. But to do the taste the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, truly the best tasting protein bar that I have ever tasted. And yet it has all of those nutritional variables 
all in there. It is remarkable. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. Carolina Panthers are 2-0 after taking down the Saints 26-7 in Week 2. The the Saints were the surprise team of Week 1, beating the Brakes off the Green Bay Packers 38-3. And yet, in Week 2, they were not nearly as good. But Carolina now 2-0 and looking like they have a great start to the season. Joining me now from Locked on Panthers, Julian Council and Julian uh, this Carolina team with Sam Darnold, they happen to have a terrific uh, week two. What is the ceiling for this this Panthers team that has started off with a chance right now, at least, to, to be a playoff team? Yeah, what's the numbers? 62.7% of teams that start off 2-0 and since like the year 2000 or whatever have made the playoffs. So you have to feel pretty good about pretty good. Carolina's chances. I felt like coming into the season, looking at the beginning of their schedule, that they had a chance to actually start off 2-0, if not 3-0, with the Houston Texans coming up on Thursday. So I'm truly not surprised. If there was going to be a loss among those three games, it would have been against New Orleans on Sunday. But the Mm -hmm. Saints had the perfect storm of having to deal with Hurricane Ida and being relocated to Fort Worth and working out at TCU. Yes, last week again against the Packers was shocking to everyone involved. But then the COVID happened, and they lost coaches, and that had to mess up with their game planning. And then we saw the Jameis Winston that we had seen before on Sunday as the Panthers got after him. Mm. They certainly could be a playoff team. I thought that they would be far more improved this year than what they were last year with the addition of Sam Darnold, who I still am skeptical of how good he's really going to be. But I figured with what Chris McCaffrey back healthy and the weapons he has around him and the defense – the defensive uh, additions of Hassan Reddick, A.J. Boye, who's yet to play yet, uh, Daquan Jones, Morgan Fox, would allow this team to be a lot better than they were last year. So I still think they can be a playoff team. I'm just not necessarily sold right away because the schedule early on is very easy while it's pretty backloaded in the second half of the season. You mentioned the Sam Darnold part of this. That he he threw for over 300 yards mm-hmm. against a defense that really bottled up Aaron Rodgers and the number one offense in the league in 2020 in that week one matchup that you mentioned. So what more do you potentially need to see from Sam Darnold to say, okay, I am sold on this Panthers team. Is it just, Hey, I need to see two, three more weeks of this or, or, or what do you need Julian? Yeah. Let's think to Marshawn Lattimore, who just got handed the bag last Sunday did not Mm -hmm. play CJ Gardner Johnson did not play. He did not play against a lot of Saints guys, but it's the NFL. There's, it's a league. It's a war of attrition week in and week out. Some guys are not always going to be available. So I'm not going to take anything away from Sam Darnold. He has looked really good so far this season. He has also had two turnovers in each of the one turnover last week, another turnover this week. So he's got to get yeah. rid of that. But we played this game last year with Teddy Bridgewater. After the first couple weeks of the season, people are like, oh, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously the perfect choice of Carolina. Then a couple <laughs> months of the season, they're saying Teddy Bridgewater needs to be better or the Panthers are going to move on. Then that very following week, the Carolina Panthers needed to find a new quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. And for me, I was never about, oh, it's the quarterback series why the Panthers are no good last year. 
They had a rookie head coach. They were dealing with a COVID season, a new offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator who's never been in the NFL as well. A very young team. It was not all on Teddy Bridgewater. And the same thing with the season starting so far. It's not all because of Sam Darnold. Christian McCaffrey being healthy right now, who missed 13 games last season, certainly helps. The defense having 10 sacks and 21 quarterback hits in the first two weeks certainly helps. I need to see Sam take care of the football, do what he keeps on doing, just play his, do his role, do his job, and that's all I need to see. But Sam Darnold does not need to be a superstar for the Carolina Panthers for me to be sold. I just need him to take care of the football and for the team to continue to win. But don't get it twisted. The Carolina Panthers aren't winning solely because of Sam Darnold. It's been a complete, total team effort through yeah. the first two weeks. And finally, if you somehow missed the viral photo from this weekend, the USC team plane tipped backward on the tarmac, sending the plane's nose into the air after the grounds crew did not put the plane's tail stand in place. It happened during the deplaning process with coaches and staff members still on the plane, according to USC spokesperson. The players who sit in the front half of the plane had exited and no one was injured. Jokes quickly filled Twitter timelines that the offensive linemen and defensive linemen should always sit up front to prevent this from happening. Look, I didn't say they were good jokes. I just said there were jokes. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Tuesday, someone has to win Monday night between the Lions and the Packers. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.